0: Oh wait, you're listening. Okay. All right.
1: Okay. All right. <clears throat> you are listening, listening to
2: Radio Lab.
3: Radio Lab from WNYC. See? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: Well, first uh, uh, am I imagining that Jad already knows about cuz we just talked about it when I was promoting my show, right? About about Benford's just law? Go. Just tell him that. Remind him. Okay. He, so, he knows, but he forgets. But yeah, just... Okay. Well, I think I think my... Hey, my I'm Latif Nasser. This is Radio Lab. And today, in the week after the election was called for Joe Biden, but in this sort of weird middle space when Donald Trump has refused to concede, our editor, Soren Wheeler, and I sat went, jad I down. Latif and I have talked. Right. To, I, I think right. we... Because we wanted to tell him about something from our past that has come back to haunt us. The truth. Okay. So a few months ago you may remember I was telling you about the Netflix show I made Connected, right? Right. And I was telling you about one of the episodes which is about something that before my time Radio Lab had also separately done an episode about which was this thing called Benford's law. Yes. Yes. This kind of funny nerdy a little bit mystical mathematical law that's kind of stupendously broadly applicable um stupendously broadly applicable. Yeah. It's one of those. But so, you know, in my in my head I feel like I parked it in the like fun, silly, nerdy category of stuff um that's more sort of interesting than it is important, but then all of a sudden over the last week it became very important. Oh boy.
5: Benford's law what is Benford's Law? And how is it relevant to the 2020 election? It was all over Twitter, Facebook. Can
4: mathematics add
2: clarity and transparency?
5: I think some of the first things I saw about it were YouTube videos.
0: In terms, it's the mathematically and statistically provable point. That
5: then it shows up on all these fringe news sites, Newsmax, Boston Herald, Gateway Pundit. And then uh, conservative podcast people like Dan Bongino start to talk about it.
2: What if I told you when you look at some of the voter data at Wisconsin that Benford's Law is saying... It's not possible. And, um... Benford's law is what we're talking about.
4: Scott Adams, the cartoonist Scott Adams, who's a big Trump supporter, he was talking about it. Votes
2: don't conform to the natural
4: arc. There was so much stuff going around online that Twitter actually started flagging mentions of Benford's law. Wait, why? Because suddenly there were just, you know, a lot of people online trying to use Benford's law to parse the 2020 election returns to say that uh, the votes for Joe Biden
0: were fraudulent votes. And Benford's law proves that. Huh. It's funny because, like, we're all waiting. Like, you know, there's all this talk about fraud and, and everybody's like, OK, show us the fraud. Where is the fraud? You're saying Benford's law, of all things, is what people are using to try and say that there's fraud?
5: Yeah. And then the big hit is that, like on Twitter, people would be like, "By the way, check out Radiolab. It's totally true." Right. Or, so, like, so, go see Connected. Like, this is the real yeah. deal. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It almost felt like we got pulled into this,
0: uh, into this, into this fight. You, just, you never know where your stuff's gonna end up. Um, but I assume, from what you said about Twitter, that there is no there there in terms of Benford.
5: Proving yeah. fraud. No, definitely not. I mean, if you talk to the people who know the math, do the math, they say, you know, like all these guys are wrong.
4: But but interestingly, the way that they're wrong and the way that all these people are sort of fighting about it on Twitter is actually kind
0: of interesting. Can you just remind me... Uh what Benford's Law is? I mean, I have vague memory of this from one of our shows, but I, like, what is it again? So I'll tell you what, let's well, let's let's
5: play a part of the old piece, and we'll come back to the election battle in just a second. But this was like uh, 11 years ago. We did a whole show about numbers. It was actually during your paternity leave with a That's meal. That's right.
0: This is my paternity leave. Yeah. So
5: we what we did was sort of br- brought you back into the studio to work you into the piece. I'm Jad Abumrad. And I'm Robert Krulwich. This is Radio Lab. We're still talking about numbers, mm. and now we're going to switch.
2: <laughs> Though it, may... it was.
5: It was definitely a while ago, and it felt a little bit like a, a simpler time. But we're going to play it real quick. So, uh, and, and the story that we told basically came from an interview that Robert did with a guy named Mark Negrini, who's a, a business professor at the College
2: of Jersey. And his favorite story, that Numbers Tell, actually starts back in 1938. So imagine an office in Schenectady, New York, at the GE Research Laboratories. And in that office is a man and he's sitting at his desk. Mr. Frank Benford. And Mr. Frank Benford is a physicist, so he's doing some difficult calculations and he's hunched over a book. Probably, actually, the one of the most boring books you could imagine. <laughs> yes. This is a book of logarithmic tables. What are logarithmic tables? <laughs> so, log tables were a very convenient way of doing multiplication in the early part of the last century. So, remember, this is before there were calculators. So, if you wanted to multiply something like 145 times 3,564, you could just go to this book and look it up. So it starts with numbers you might want to multiply by. One to a hundred on the first pages, then a hundred and up to 200 and 300. And the back of the book is like 900s. The further you go, the higher and higher the numbers you use to multiply. That's right. So our Benford fellow, he's sitting there doing his calculations, and he's looking up the numbers, flipping through the book. He's staring at the pages, and um, he notices something kind of weird. He noticed that the first few pages were more worn than the last few pages. Meaning more smudgy and darker and oily, as if he was was using the front of the book. More than the last few pages. And he wondered, why is this happening? Strange. I'm not aware of favoring one part of the book over the other. Am I doing something a little odd? Or maybe it's something bigger. And that's when it hit him. He thought maybe in this world there are more numbers with low first digits than with high first digits. What? More numbers that start with one or two? The numbers that start with 7, 8, or 9. J- just because his book is worn? You no, know, that's, that's what started him thinking. So here's what he did.
1: He
4: compiled some tens of thousands of statistics. That's Steve Strogatz, mathematician at Cornell University. Just anything he could think of that was numerical. Molecular weights of different chemicals, baseball statistics, census data. The
2: revenues of all the companies listed on the main stock exchanges in America. And everywhere he looked in all these different categories, it seemed, yes, there were more numbers beginning with 1 and 2s. Then eights and nines. Wait. Really? Oh yeah. This has been checked out again and again and again, and it's
4: true. Size of rivers, wow. earthquakes, and things like that. Populations or number of deaths in a war, areas of counties. Stream flow data. <laughs> what United if you were States?
0: to say get all the people in New York together and look at their bank accounts? Ah, uh, uh, bank account balances follow
2: Benford's law nearly perfectly. Ah! Meaning that if you just look in at the amount of money that people have, matter of factly, in all the bank accounts, you'll find they begin with one more often than they begin with two? Perfectly, yes. yes. So actually, they begin with one 30.1% of the time. They'll begin with a two 17.6% of the time. They'll begin with a three
0: 12.5% of the time. That's a, that's a big difference. The, Why would three yeah. be 12? Tw- I'm sorry, keep going. And the the
2: poor nine would only occur as a first digit 4.6% of the time which actually would make the one approximately six times as likely as the nine, and it is quite amazing. That is more than quite amazing. That's deeply suspicious. I mean,
4: this is crazy what I'm telling you, and I can't give you good intuition why it's true. But Steve
2: and Mark and many, many, many mathematicians will tell you, despite what you may think, there is a preference, a deep preference in the world, it seems,
0: for number sequences that start with ones and then twos and then threes. So that was how we did it. Um, there's more, but. That, that, I just feel like I'm re-experiencing the weirdness of this log. again. is that at the risk of tracking us off? Why, why, why is that? That you would get more ones than twos and all that?
4: Like this is, yeah, the question I had. Do you want the like, radial lab explanation? <laughs> yeah, what, was the radio, when, what did we when, say when, back when then? When we did this
0: originally, this was a classic move. It's like, we get to the end of the piece. You ask this very question. That's it. Huh. You still having addressed the central mystery here. Why in the world would there be more ones than nines? Shouldn't they be equi... uh, equi Equi-coincident? Yes. Well, the answer is actually very complicated and deeply
2: mathematical. The simple answer is... Is there an answer, though? Yes, there is an answer, and it has to do... Do you understand the answer? No, just two numeric for me to explain <laughs> it to you.
4: Okay. All right. <laughs> but I
5: will now take a little right. <laughs> And then we laugh our way out of the room. The,
4: the best, the best ex- explanation I heard was about if you imagine a lot of things grow, right? They like grow and get bigger, right? And so let's say you're a, you're a one, right? And you want to get to grow to be a two. You have to grow 100% to get to a two. So it takes you a long mm. time to get from being a one to being a two. If you're an eight- and you want to grow to become a 9, right? That's just an eighth of you that needs to grow again, right? right. So it's like you're going to be in
0: that eight zone way shorter than you were in right. the That's between in the 1 to 2 zone. I see. Yeah. So it's like log it's kind of like a like some some kind of a logarithmic exactly. situation. Exactly. That jumping from exactly. 1 to 2 is huge, 2 to 4 is huge, 4 to 8 is huge. And that's why the hugeness of those jumps means you—I I lost no, the end I, of that I, sentence. But. I mean, it's sort of why we couldn't in the first—but, you know, the the point of the piece, like, even though
5: we didn't explain that, what the piece did do was sort of—and this is the whole reason we did the piece—was go on to talk about how you can actually use Benford's law in these really pretty consequential ways. Right. When Mark Nagrini
2: first ran across Benford's law, he thought— Maybe I can use this law to bust people for payroll fraud, tax return fraud. You thought, hey, we can use this to catch a thief? That's right. Huh? How? Well, the greeny figured. And
5: so, you know, basically, we explained that if if books are cooked, like financial books are cooked, they will not be following Benford's law. So, real books would follow the law. Cooked books don't. So you can spot a thief. And we gave a bunch of examples of that, uh, you know, little stories. Run Benfords and boom. boom. Oh,
2: busted. She eventually pled. Or the guy with a $40 million Ponzi scheme. Run Benfords and boom. Boom. And then at the end of the piece. Boom. I mean, Benfords was an element in all these cases. It wasn't the clincher. But still. It is a very compelling argument. And then 10 years from now, it'll be the equivalent of a fingerprint. (laughs)
5: Which is, you know, a a strong statement. But I mean, at the same time, we didn't we didn't say anything about elections and we weren't even thinking about elections. Right. But when we come back from break, we're going to go right into Benford's law
4: and election data specifically, which is where the trouble begins.
5: Howdy. This is Blake Crozier from Nashville, Tennessee. Radio Lab is supported in part by the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation, enhancing public understanding of science and technology in the modern world. More information about Sloan at www.sloan.org.
0: Science reporting on Radio Lab is supported in part by Science Sandbox, a Simons Foundation initiative dedicated to engaging everyone with the process of science.
4: I'm Latif Nasser. This is Radio Lab. We're talking about Benford's Law and the 2020 presidential election.
0: Uh, well, let me ask you have any smart statistics, knowledgeable people actually tried to use Benford's Law to uh, see whether there's election fraud in any election anywhere?
4: Yeah, yes. Yeah, and and for me in particular, like, I mean, you guys were mostly talking about, like, taxes and forensic accounting, and it was about money and numbers. But in the Connected episode I did, I totally talked about elections. Well, there is one moment when our millions of personal decisions all get channeled in the same direction, when free will is in full flower, or at least it's supposed to be. There's a whole segment about here's how Benford's Law can potentially relate to elections. And in fact Walter. Oh hey, how are you, Latina? Hi, how you doing? The guy I talked to in that show is the guy that a lot of these people online, um, it's his work that many of these folks are citing. So I was like it's now recording it says. I Okay, great. Now we better call time. him back up. Okay, sure. Uh, uh, introduce yourself for me. Just tell me who you are in a line. Uh, Walter Mebane at uh, University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. So, okay, so what what has happened between now and the last time we talked? Well,
3: uh, the last time we talked...
4: And he had seen all of this stuff online. He, he knew all about it because he'd been getting all these emails in the last week.
3: So the trickle turned into a flood and my students start to write me and say, hey, you know, this is going on. So
4: saying, hey, look, Benford's Law and your work, people are using it basically to claim fraud. I was
3: originally pointed to a Twitter post and then there was another Twitter post and then I found a YouTube video and I don't know which one came first. Um, so
4: basically what the, what a lot of people are doing is they're taking these um, like precinct tallies and saying, okay, look, we're entering all the precinct tallies. We're taking the first digits from all the vote tallies for each of the candidates in each of these precincts and then we're checking how often it starts with one, how often it starts with two
5: and so on. Take Chicago, right? They did Chicago, didn't they? Like they this? did, yeah. I mean, it's not a swing One. It's a one that Biden won by a lot. But let's just do this real quick. Chicago. How how many voting precincts? I think there's
4: something like uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of them.
5: Yeah. Like let's just say a thousand. Okay. Sure. You just take the votes for Donald Trump in each of those precincts. Here he got two thirty eight. Here he got four sixty two. Here he got five twenty one. And then in another column, you take all the totals for that Joe Biden got in those same precincts, 266 here, 892 here, 326 here. And and what it is that's popping up is is oftentimes basically just a little graphic, two little curves with the, with the vote counts. It's like, here's Trump's curve. Look at all the ones and a little less twos and a little mm. less three. Nice sweeping yeah. little curve. Oh, here's Biden's. So What's that weird? There's a bunch of sixes in that bumpy curve. Right, right. And they're just like, look at these two. See, no, I see. Um,
4: and and the way that, the way that sees, they see it. So this one is for some data from Michigan. It's like, okay, there's less ones than there should be. There's way less twos than there should be. There's more threes than there should be. There's more fours, way more fives, more sixes, more sevens, more eights, and less nines. So it's like it's all over the curve, right? Um, is the is the claim?
0: Mm. So they're um, saying that the Biden numbers are. are they, they don't fall according to this pretty Benford curve. Therefore, right.
4: something's amiss. Probably
0: somebody was just like keying them in on on some or some fake adding, some kind of false
5: fraudulent adding. Yeah. of numbers. Because the because the
4: idea is that random numbers follow this pattern, but human created numbers don't. This is a way of
0: seeing human meddling. Right. That's the it. that's the idea. That's that that's the claim. But all this is. Um, completely ridiculous.
4: Walter was just like, you just can't do this with precincts.
3: Because it's very well known, the first digit of precinct vote counts are not useful for diagnosing frauds or anything else.
1: So I started jumping into those threads, correcting people and explaining, uh, which didn't win me a lot of friends on Twitter, (laughs) at least among that audience. Um,
4: So once this thing blew up online, another person I talked to on my show, Jennifer Goldbeck, Professor at the University of Maryland's College of Information Studies
1: is a researcher who studies
4: social. Media, She's like on Twitter, like fighting, battling with people.
1: Yeah. So. Or are
4: you getting nasty DMs and stuff? Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, not not the worst that I've gotten, right? Um, more, right. you know, people cross a threshold where they don't understand where I'm so what I'm saying anymore. Uh, so then they just start calling me names, which is okay. <laughs> Right. I mean, it's right. for sure not a dumb idea to wonder if we can do this. And part of the attraction for Benford and why people really like it here is that it's super surprising when you first learn about Benford, right? My mind was blown the first time I learned about it. And so on people, Radio Lab, right? Yeah, on Radio Lab. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it 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 is what got me started doing research in this space was like listening to that radio lab and not being able to stop thinking about it, you know, for weeks. Yeah. Um there are papers out there that's, that say, look, Benford could be really powerful for doing this, but it's not the way anybody on Twitter was doing it.
4: The problem is when you're looking at precinct data, these precincts are basically purposefully made just for counting election data. And, and the reason that those are helpful is because they're all the same size.
1: Normally, when Benford works, you've got lots of orders of magnitude. So say we're looking at like the length of all the rivers in the world, we know that that follows Benford. So there's some really short rivers, and there's some super, you know, continent-long rivers. So there's a lot of changes in the orders of magnitude. You have, But
4: the precincts do not have multiple orders of magnitude.
1: Precincts tend to be kind of the same size.
3: And um, the first digit is primarily determined by the size of the precinct. It has nothing to do with anything uh, about the behavior of the voters or the officials or the vote counters. It's just a, a matter of the design of the precincts.
0: Wait, how? How so? How would the first number have to do with the size of the of the precinct?
4: Well, Walter put it this way:
3: Imagine that all the precincts are about a thousand in size, which is roughly a convenient number, but pick whatever you like. And imagine the two candidates get about 50% of the vote. Which
4: was true in a lot of the, you know, swingy precincts that this data was based on. And if you look at the Trump-Biden totals in those places... Then the first
3: digit everywhere
4: is going to be a four or a five. Mm -hmm.
5: You're going to get 500 to this guy, to 500 to this guy, 400 to this guy, 600 to this guy. You're you're probably never going to get a one in front of anything unless it's
0: a blowout. That's interesting. So they're skewing, because of the way that the, 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 the precincts are drawn up, you're skewing towards the... The middle, I would imagine, you're going to get a whole bunch more fours and force in fives and sixes. And
4: that's exactly what that chart I was telling you about before that sort of gone a little bit viral, w- which is like... That's exactly what it shows. So it says that Michigan data, where it's like, oh, look, the highest numbers are for fours, fives, and sixes. Oh, that's funny. Um, so you're like, oh, so like that makes sense that Biden would have gotten fours, fives, and sixes, right? And then Jen pointed out, okay, now take another thousand person precinct and say this is one where Biden has a really big lead.
1: So if Trump gets 150 votes, then Biden's going to get 850 votes, he's going to get the rest. Right. So if Trump follows a Benford's law distribution, Biden necessarily will not follow that distribution because Uh, he's getting (laughs) the other part. Right. Um,
4: But then shouldn't Biden's votes be the exact opposite, like the mirror of the curve or or something close to it?
1: So if if it were this situation where we had like a thousand people in every precinct, that would totally be true. In reality, there's like variation. And so if you look at the plotting of this, what you actually see is that Biden's curve pretty much matches the curve of how many people are in the precinct.
3: So that's not Benford's law. That's just because the precinct sizes are the way they are.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any reason to expect anybody's going to look like Benford or not because that this first significant digit analysis of Benford and elections doesn't work, period.
4: Now, there are definitely statisticians out there who say that you cannot Benfordize elections at all. But Walter, the thing that's interesting about him is that he thinks, and this is, you know, a lot of the work that he does, that you can look at elections if you look at not the first digit, but at the second digit. This has become his thing. So he's like looked at elections in Kenya and Russia and Germany and Turkey and Mexico and Iran. And often he is using Benford's law on the second digit.
0: The first digit is going to be a function of how big the precinct is, which is a human construct. But the second digit, that's going to be more subject to the laws of randomness and whatever, yada, yada, yada. It That is not a human construct. For, not, for, not Probably, in quite the same hopefully. Way. Hopefully, right. So, yeah. Super I'm, stupid
5: caveat. Most mathematician, total freakout geeks will say it's, the thing happening with the second digit is not strictly Benford's law. It's just a very Benford-like thing. That's a yeah, pattern and that he, you can he, spot. He, you, you know to,
4: he uses phrases like Benford inflected or Benford-like <laughs> or, or Benford-like. It's like... Kind of I see. Thing. I see. And Walter also makes clear
5: that even if you do look at the second digit, even then it's not a perfect signal uh for fraud. He'll do the Benford thing right, but he also has this whole like sort of a tool kit. belt, a right. toolkit, right, that he's made of all these other different statistical things that you bring to bear on it because it's super complicated and backgrounds and expectations and then you do this with a regression to the blah blah blah. So he's going to bring the whole suite of many complicated, I am a super smart person tools to bear on this. Right. And the and the tools that
4: he's he's sort of picked up in in literally 20 years of studying elections statistically for fraud. But anyway, okay, so those are kind of in general the reasons why he looks at all the stuff that sort of these uh, kind of amateur Benford's Law uh, analysts online are, are, are throwing up. He looks at that and he's like, that's ridiculous. And then, so then he was like, okay, I'm over the weekend. He was like, I'm just going to run this myself.
3: I, I produced a, a working paper, uh, which, um, you, I think you have the link for, and it, yep. it has the, um, diagnostics, not only for the second digit bumpers law stuff, law like stuff, but the other diagnostics that I've developed over the past uh, decade and a half.
4: And what did you find in running that stuff, the second-digit stuff?
3: Uh, well, there's nothing. I mean, there's no sign of frauds of any kind.
4: It was like, this is a totally ordinary. In fact, it seems pretty exemplary.
3: As far as I've seen, there's nothing bad that happened anywhere. This has been miraculous. This election has been so smooth.
1: You can't just plug some numbers into your Excel spreadsheet after you read a Wikipedia page and do it. But people who feel like, look, I can see the difference and a bunch of these look the right way and one looks the wrong way. So forget what you're saying about it being complicated. It must be true. Those are hard people to convince.
4: It's It's just... Common sense enough, but it's just obscure and complicated enough that that it feels like it's 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 like a piece of evidence that could, you know, could take on a yeah, sort of a a life of its own. It could be this thing that then, you know, there's a certain admittedly small but segment of the population that's like now whenever they talk about the 2020 election, they're gonna be like, oh, and Benford's law shows
5: that it's all it was all yeah. bogus. you know? Yeah. yeah, it strikes me as like, is it going to go to court and win the day? No. Is it the kind of thing that maybe next Tuesday Donald Trump would say in a press conference? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yes.
0: yes. Yeah. It's also like it's the kind of thing that steps into the breach of a very uncomfortable phenomenon. And again, we all experienced this, right? Which was election night, you had one result, and then you had this weird creeping slow tilt over the next three or four days. Um, and even though we ourselves did a story about how that tilt was coming, the tilt still felt uh, surprising and un, and uh, and uh, non-intuitive in some emotional way. And so then that is fertile ground for these Benford-esque ways of explaining. The, uh, the irregularity. Yeah, but then even though the people who actually know what they're talking about say it doesn't explain the No, but see, this is the problem with the world we live in is that there's never been more distrust of leadership and expertise. But you're asking us in a moment when we're very unlikely to, to trust experts to explain this thing just all
4: to just, say like like it does feel like like it's it's hard to explain it's going to be hard for a lot of people to explain like why especially if they're not resorting to experts to help help explain it like like how did it go this way when every everybody i talked to uh you know seems to have wanted the opposite to happen yeah totally
0: I find myself wanting to do sort of a like a cost-benefit on Benford's applications in the world. Well, the well, upside I, would be financials. The upside well, would be— Well, fi- not just tax.
4: financials. So there's—yeah, fi- financials is a big one. I mean, tax fraud. Okay, like, okay. But also another thing is—and this is something that— uh, that Jen uses in her other research, which is her main research, um, is how you use Benford's on, in social media. Um, so you can use it to detect bots online. You can see, uh, really? and she has she has done that very thing. How you can you also
0: use it? it. There's no keep going, keep going. Then I'm going to so, double back. Yeah.
4: No, so you 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 literally you count, and this is cool because because people can do it at home too. Um, you count up, uh, not so. All the follower numbers of your followers on Twitter, Facebook, whatever, um, and you can see based on the followers of your followers, if you just take those first digits, it should follow Benford's law. Oh, my God. And if it doesn't. Incredible.
0: Yeah. That's why. And then there's an. Is that to. Does Twitter use that to prune bots as they do from time to time? I don't know if Twitter officially uses it. She, Jen
4: definitely uses it. And then and then not only that, but also you can use, and this is another thing in the in the TV show that we did, uh, I did a uh interview with former Radio Lab also my one of my former college professors, uh Hani Farid. Um, you can use it to basically sniff out deepfakes and you can use it to sniff out uh manipulated media um, uh, in an era when it's getting way harder to tell really? the truth. You basically look at these embedded number values in a single picture and you can see whether that picture has been edited or how many times it's been saved oh, wow. or kind of things like that. Um, so so it's, it's actually like, I mean, it definitely is a force for uh, uh, chaos and doubt and it's also sometimes a kind of a, a, a superhero for truth.
0: If only we could understand it. Right. All right. Uh, thank you, Latif and Soren, for taking me back into the past and uh, forward into now. Of course. No problem. Definitely go check out Connected Latif Show on Netflix. You can find it there. Uh, it's amazing. The episode with the Benford stuff is. Called digits, And
4: also, in addition to that, you can go back into the deep past and listen to the Radiolab show called Numbers, which has not only all that Benford goodness, uh, but also a love story, some babies, and even a little
0: Johnny Cash.
4: It's a great episode.
0: I'm Jad Abumrad.
4: And I'm Latif
0: Nasser. Thanks for listening.
2: This is Mark Schoendorf from Highland Park, Illinois. Radio Lab was created by Jad Abenrod and is edited by Soren Wheeler. Lulu Miller and Latif Nasser are our co-hosts. Dylan Keith is our director of sound design. Susie Lechtenberg is our executive producer. Our staff includes Simon Adler, Jeremy Bloom, Becca Pressler, Rachel Cusick, David Gable, Tracy Hunt, Matt Keelty, Tobin Lowe, Annie McEwen, Sara Kari, Arian Wack, Pat Walters, and Molly Webster. With help from Shima Oliyai Sarah Sandenbach and Johnny Moans. Our fact checker is Michelle Harris.